Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is broadcast live every day from sunny Southern California. Actually, I'm lying. It's not sunny today. It's actually drizzling outside. Cold, wet, rainy. Uh, I think in Oklahoma, they wish they had that. Uh, But we'll keep you updated on the PGA Championship. We'll uh, give give you my thoughts on Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals or as my son calls them, you mean the semifinals. And then, of course, the Western Conference Finals Game 2 is tonight. The Warriors have a one-game-to-none lead. But if we learned anything from Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Game 2, it's forget what you saw in Game 1 because Game 2 can be completely different. More on that to come. Got some Aaron Rodgers notes for you. John Middlecoff will join us. Um, and, of course, we're going to get you ready for the Preakness where the Derby winner isn't running and it feels like a super smart decision, but one that's not great for the sport. Um, there's been lots of discussions. I've even had them on social media with Nick Wright. Right? Uh, and we can play that for you later on. His, his take on what's behind so much of the negative energy towards name, image, and likeness. But, of course, the the sports world reacted yesterday, still reacting today, to Nick Saban versus his former assistant, Jimbo Fisher. And the back and the forth and the apology, sort of, by by Nick Saban. Deion Sanders has entered the fray. And, of course, Sanders was, by some people's estimation, called out by... uh, by Nick Saban, where he said it was it it was publicized that they paid somebody a million dollars. They they you know he said it was in the newspaper, which of course brings us to who actually reads the newspaper. Nick Saban does. Deion Sanders uh, told Anscape, new member of the media, quote: "I haven't talked to Coach Saban. I'm sure he's tried to call. 
we need to talk publicly, not privately. What you said was public. That doesn't require a conversation. Let's talk publicly and everybody hear the conversation. You can't do that publicly and call privately. No, 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 no. I still love him. I admire him. I respect him. He's magna cum laude at college football, and that's what's going on because he's earned that. But he took a left when he should have stayed right. I'm sure he'll get back on course. I ain't tripping. Coach Saban wasn't talking to me. Coach Saban wasn't talking to Jimbo Fisher. He was talking to his boosters. He was talking to his alumni. He was talking to his givers. He was talking to get money. That's what he was doing. He was just using us to get where he was trying to get. I know this stuff. I'm not the uh, I, I'm not the one you want to play with when it comes to all this stuff. Once upon a time, the bag was just just a bag. Now there's uh, equality among the big boys. We don't have to have those types of bags. We don't have the boosters and donors and givers. Leave me out of that mess. Y'all got going. Greg Sankey, who's the commissioner of the SEC, said the membership of the Southeastern Conference has established expectations for conduct and sportsmanship that was not met last night nor today. A hallmark of the SEC is the intense competition within the environment of collaboration. Public criticism of any kind does not resolve issues. It creates distraction from seeking solutions for the issues facing college athletics today. Boy, that's some word salad right there, huh? You guys stop being mean to each other, at least publicly. So what's the net net? Do I think that Dion uh, found ways to get name, image, and likeness money for a five-star recruit who never would have considered Jackson State to begin with? Of course. He was going to Florida State for over a year and then at the last second flipped to Jackson State. And I agree with Dion. I said this yesterday that, that that was a call to arms by Nick Saban. That was Nick Saban saying, hey, Either we, unless the rules change, we get to play like these guys. Otherwise, even the Texas A&Ms of the world can beat us. Or a Jackson State can beat us for one kid. Or a Miami can beat us for a couple of kids. But I also think it's a general unhappiness with this this leap we've taken instead of step. Right? And the leap we've taken is going from name, image, and likeness. In other words, you perform great, you play great. You benefit from it, and you get some deals on the side. Two, let's just give somebody the biggest check possible. Look, look my, my stance has been that, and it continues to be, that I don't actually believe it's needed or necessary. But if this is the path which everybody has chosen, of course there needs to be some regulation. Otherwise, you're just having the buying and selling of players. That's, that's really what it is. You know? And it's always interesting to me on how people who want to equate some sort of uh, the, the amateurism of the past to some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of systematic racism, right? We don't want our players to be bought and sold, yet they want their players to be bought and sold. Because that's what's happening. And maybe it happened previously. Now it happens in the light. And now it feels much worse. So, I, I, you know. And, and Dion also, by the way, didn't actually answer the question. He did what Dion is brilliant at doing, which is move the goalpost completely. No, my kid didn't get a million dollars. I don't make a million dollars. Okay, so... What was the deal? Has anybody asked Dion? Why did you happen? To, did you just happen to go after one of the top recruits from your alma mater? Is that was that really what it was? Because the truth is, and I said this at the time, and I stand by it, that it it is very much a slight at Jackson State, but it's because of exactly what Dion's saying. He doesn't have the resources of the other schools, and the resources aren't just there to funnel money to the kids or funnel money to the coaches. The resources are there to provide the absolute best in training, education, and oh yeah, by the way, competition on a daily basis. My stance is, was, and will always be like, look, especially in a sport like football, where you're playing a limited number of games. You know, if you want to make it, go the path that gives you the best possible opportunity to make it, and then the best possible safety net if you don't make it. Georgia had their backups taken in the first round. Guys that split time. 
We can sit here and say that the HBCUs have been overlooked. They have been overlooked. Scouts have scouted it for years. And while while people are going to sit there and go like, well, look, there's been Hall of Famers in HBCUs. They're right. There have been Hall of Famers. My guess would be those will be few and far between in the future because of name, image, and likeness. But also because, look, Division One football has massively expanded in the past 20 years. You know? And HBCUs aren't playing Division One. They're not actually playing the Division One AA playoffs, the old FCS playoffs. They play a different schedule. And Dion has said, hey, we're not comp- going to play against the elite schools just to collect a check because we get too beaten up. So you're never going to be or rarely going to be on the same field as a high-level Division One school. And if you do, it's for a one-off game. And then every day in practice, no matter how well coached you are, you're not competing against the best, nor do you have the best resources. You're making it harder on yourself. It doesn't make it impossible to achieve greatness. It doesn't make it impossible to make the NFL. It just makes the likelihood lesser. Now, as for the Saban stuff and the saber rattling, I actually could completely agree with Dion. This was a call to arms. This is him telling his boosters, hey, we don't pony up. We're going to get boat raced. Knowing that I'm sure that process has already started and he's simply motivating his own people. That look, we don't we don't look at Texas A&M as our equal. They're an inferior program to us, and they outpurchased us. So, you guys make up your mind. You guys make up your mind. And the commissioner of the SEC is like, hey, 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 too mean, too mean. Byer, where do you land on uh, on the Dion stuff? And and as we we um as we uh, kind of like day two of this deal. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> it's an, uh, not to sound flippant about it. I thought what happened between, um, you know, Sabin and Fisher was um, interesting because we had never seen that before. But to me, it's just another layer. And and by saying I don't care doesn't mean that I'm, I'm sick of it. I actually think that there's so many changes in college sports that have now made it so interesting. And it's a topic we talk a lot about on, on talk radio. But, you know, I thought Jimbo Fisher went a little bit too far yesterday. You know, Dion, you know, seemingly kind of backs off of his thing. And now it goes into another direction. I, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm kind of whatever about it. Um you know, I, I'm curious to watch Alabama and Texas A&M in early October. Curious to see that that handshake. But as it comes to name, image, unlikeness, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, kind of over it. I, yeah, I, that's actually, and you can you can ask uh, um, Jason Stewart, right? Jay, Jay's probably nodding his head. He's like, that's exactly what you said when I called you and said we need to talk about it. I said I am, but I do understand that it's a a top of top of the page sort of news mm-hmm. item, right? Right, Jay? Is that is that a fair way to, right? It's like one of those things like, I'm kind of done. I think it's, I, I think we all would agree it's sort of a mess um, and how you get to fixing it and making it more reasonable is a good discussion, but you kind of have to talk about it because it is a topic that everybody's talking about. I think that's the quandary today, right? Today there wasn't like this obvious uh, lead where we had to lead with something. And it was like, uh, do we go over what happened yesterday and Dion's latest words and, and, and how interesting that is and maybe talk about your little scuffle with uh, with, with Nick Wright due to this? Uh, but yeah, it was a tough uh, decision today. And uh, Dan Beyer basically just told me we shouldn't have led with that, which... <laughs> You know, it kind of works against my my progress here as uh, executive producer of the Doug Gottlieb show. I love I love this. I love the the so so. Okay, do, do you, <laughs> we want to get into the Nick Wright thing. Yeah, so, so I so, do. I, I, okay, so so uh, you could paraphrase essentially what Nick Wright said. I mean, let's see. Um, as far as the the first thing that Nick Wright sent you or or sent. Um, over they, Twitter, they, yeah, they tweeted out. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have it in front of me. Well, but. it's 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 the idea that that underneath all the surface, okay, of all this stuff, is that. Why all right, I got the run- tweet. I got the tweet. 
Nick writes, the subtext of all the controversy surrounding NIL is that for decades, a majority of white administrative uh, state has been stealing money from a majority of black player pool. And the moment that starts that starts to change, the power brokers freak out. Yes. I mean, it's incredibly incendiary uh, commentary, right? That it, it what he's saying is there's systematic racism, right? And that white people are in charge and they're stealing money from the black people. Which is 100% the opposite of the reality to it. 100%. First of all, if you want to talk about people within the university, most people within the university don't make a huge sum of money. Right? Like if you want to make a lot of money, don't go into education. Right? I mean, ask anybody. If you're if you're a professor at a university, you know, you have your you spent years upon years and got your doctorate and you're a professor like professors don't make huge sums of money. Everyone knows that the money in any of these things is in private practice and private businesses. Right. That's where the money is. So he's acting like people are getting rich off these college athletes. If he wants to point out that coaches are OK. Yes. In in. In the last 20 years, coaching salaries have exploded. Okay, perfect example is my alma mater, Oklahoma State. Now, in the late 80s, when Eddie Sutton came aboard, the athletic department was financially destitute. There was talk of them having to not be Division I anymore. Okay, you had, uh, you had uh, oil price crisis combined with the, the football team won zero games on NCAA probation. You had dilapidated facilities. They could not compete. They were, they were losing, hemorrhaging money. And by my estimation, Eddie Sutton and then later Boone Pickens saved not only the athletic department, but maybe even the university. Okay? Th- through athletics. But when, when uh, Les Miles got the job at Oklahoma State, Okay, Us Miles had been the offense coordinator that went to the Dallas Cowboys. I believe his first year he made 750000 And they paid Mike Gundy to be the offense coordinator, even though he'd never been a coordinator before, like 250000 And he was basically stashed there to be the head coach and waiting. Gundy now makes close to $5 million a year. So it has exploded. But if you want to, like, so if you want to take history, he's uneducated on history. Historically, college coaches, football and basketball, didn't make huge sums of money. That changed over the last 20 years, really. Okay, that changed. It became way more competitive. You're fighting over coaches. And, oh, yeah, by the way, those coaches um, were in charge of massive athletic uh, uh, programs and all the, other, uh, all the other bells and whistles to it. And they found and, – and also these programs are now making a lot more money because the TV contracts have exploded. So if you want to go historically, it's, it's wrong. Secondly, those guys didn't get – we're talking about one person at a university and maybe now the top coaches. So it's not administrators, the ones who actually set the rules. Again, false, like saying false information. And third thing is – and I would even challenge the coaches that make the money. Most of them are former athletes their own right. Most people, not all. Most people get into the business of college athletics or coaching because they want to help kids. The whole idea of the grant and aid program, which, as I pointed out, has provided more scholarships to, to kids than anything outside the GI Bill. The whole idea okay, is to even the playing field is that for years previous to, you know, uh, pre- previous to scholarships and all this other stuff and being available and. And and having a balance of different races and different backgrounds for years like college was was not a place, especially some of these power five conferences. It's hard, hard to get into, hard to afford, but also, you know, based upon your economic, your economic, socioeconomic upbringing, hard to uh, achieve the status taken just to get into those colleges. So this was meant to balance the, the some of the some of the playing field. The whole idea was to get more and more faces of color or of different socioeconomic backgrounds to schools, which, again, runs 100 percent opposite of what Nick is saying. Like, so basically you're saying that these people are racist and they're trying to keep black kids down. Well, first of all, college football, honestly, is like 50 50. But that's not even beside the point. If you want to point out how many great college football players have been black, I would agree. And a college scholarship and these programs have allowed them into universities, promoted them, and then helped them succeed in life 
be it on the playing field or be it in the rest of their lives. Every study you've ever seen in the history of, of, of college will tell you that you're more likely to achieve a better life, stay out of jail, be married, married longer, have longer sustained employment if you go to college and then if you graduate from college. And that has been the sole and primary focus of college athletics. So, like, I got upset because you're sitting there telling all these people that have helped kids for years. The only reason that this, pro- this, this system was in place was because of underlying it all is racism, which is offensive to me. It's offensive. Right? When you, and I was brought up in a family where all my, my, my dad had his number one goal, and he got fired in college in 84 at Long Beach State, right? There's no reason for him to love college athletics when he got fired from a couple jobs. But the only reason that he did what he did was to help kids get to college because he knew what it did, what it changed about their lives. So I just, yeah, I got a little heated about it and said it's a, it was a terrible take because when your default is always racism, like there's just no real conversation you can have. You know what I mean, Jay Stu? Like, like the default can't always be racist. Like there's a ton of reasons. And I think racism or systematic racism, or trying to keep, like, is not even part of the discussion. Did I lose my mind too much? I don't think you did. I, I think you made good points in, uh, in the Twitter exchange. I just think that the uh, with the political landscape, especially on Twitter, like, saying something like that, what Nick had said, is playing to the crowd. So, totally. you know, he, he's going to get a lot of likes, and, and I, I just don't... You never know when when guys post stuff like that on Twitter if they're doing it for that reaction or if they actually believe that. I think Nick actually believes that. I, I do. I don't think he says things for reaction. I, I don't think he says things for reaction. But I I vehemently disagree, and I think that when you when you put in racism as a reason why, like we lose any ability to have a conversation, and it frankly, is offensive to anybody who's been around a college sports program when all of these coaches, like all of them, like, look, do they want to get paid? Do they want to support their families? Absolutely. But they love the kids and they want to see the kids succeed. Their lives are better when the kids' lives are better. Period. Stop. End of story. All right. More on that to come. Take some of your tweets at Gottlieb Show. With prices soaring at the pump, Discover has your back with cash back. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target now through June on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Limitations apply. John Middlecoff will join me. I'll get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers not being at involuntary minicamp. Give him my take as well. That'll come in next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, John Middlecoff joins us. He's got the Three and Out podcast, which is an incredibly well-regarded football podcast. And um, let me get to uh, let me get to Aaron Rodgers. So he's not he's not at their voluntary workouts. And Tom Clements, who's his quarterback coach, quarterbacks coach, has come out and said, you know, like, look, at this point in his career, you know, doesn't need to. But you have. New wide receivers, new guys to break in. Is it crazy to think Aaron Rodgers is going to do some sort of off-site workout, you know, uh, almost hangout session before camp and make up for this thing? Well, I agree, and I, I remember saying probably a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, one of the most fascinating stories was going to be, because he hasn't shown up in a couple of years, was he going to show up given that they have all these new pieces? And I agree, like the last year when he went to Monkey Pod in uh, Hawaii having Mai Tais and whatever, you know, Devontae, those guys, he knew them all. This is a whole new crew of guys. So even if he's flying them out, like I I think that's insane. Like I I do believe that, Doug, these OTAs for a guy like Aaron, I mean, are not hard. Three hours a day total, basically, three days a week, it's pretty easy stuff. But to get on the same page as – the kid they drafted from North Dakota State, Sammy Watkins. Like, let's face it, they still should make the playoffs in their division. And he's one of the greatest players we've ever seen. He's playing at probably the peak of his powers, especially given his age. It's crazy what he's doing. But I do think, and I'm not some, like, OTA diehard at all for older players. No issue if they don't show up. Doesn't bother me at all. But in this given situation, especially, Doug, when he just – I mean, he did just take $150 million. Now, I know he's he's earned that money, and I – I think he's worth every penny, but no, no. What you're saying is like, look, look. If if you're going to make more money than everybody else, little give or take, and you're gonna and you're gonna and you're gonna have a new wide receiving core, and it's not like we're asking crazy stuff. You're not asking you to go, you know, go run up a hill 15 times, right? Just go out there, throw a couple balls, watch some film with some guys. That's a reasonable request. I agree. I agree. I would, however, say, look, I'm I'm guessing, just guessing. There's all part of a bigger plan, right? Where 
look, Jordan Love still gets to get get some work, and he'll probably do some. And, and there is a certain portion of this that, and I don't know if you agree with this, you can be around guys too much. You know, you can't be around people too much. It's not, it's not an it's not an end all be all. It's, I, I'm not saying it's that big a deal, but right. it, it, I don't think it's crazy if you told me that you know Gudikins before a little disappointed he couldn't just come out for two weeks or something. You know. Yep. Yep. No. No. I'm, I, I, I think I think that's fair. Um, do you think Cleveland knew they were in for this sort of criticism? Well, I, you know, I, I talked to uh, a buddy that's on a team that you know during the draft meetings, obviously the, the Watson thing was a big topic. And just said that they had some information that, and they were a team that you know could have easily sniffed around on them. Under no circumstances would they have made the trade, just given stuff that they had heard or the the detective work they had kind of done. And let's face it, I mean, we've all been watching pro sports long enough. When you're that good, people overlook it, right? A lot of teams. There, there was really just there was only one team willing to do what the Browns did with the money. Uh, and listen, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, you see that story came out, like his words in the deposition that she was crying. Did you see that? Like yes. This week. Yes. Like, just because you're crying, you know, doesn't mean you're guilty or innocent. But you can't tell me that, like, that looks good at all. I mean, that looked just that. Terrible. That, that, I mean, he, and he said it, right? Those are his words. So it's, I, I don't see how, regardless of the cash, just acquiring someone under this heat given the way society, you know, the way we've talked about this stuff, just in recent memory, let alone historically, I, I think it's borderline insane. I mean, I, I really do. And honestly, props to uh, Houston for just getting rid of the problem and getting what they got. Totally. Okay, so what do you think the NFL does? I mean, keep in mind that baseball, and it's a different case Okay, it's it's a it's a it's one person, and there's there's absolute violence. On the other hand, yeah. there's there it's again a, a completely different thing. Okay, but baseball has taken one of their elite pitchers, Trevor Bauer, won the Cy Young Award, and sidelined him for two more years. What do you think the NFL does? What does the NFL have to lose for not being extra harsh on this? That's my question. This is the Browns, so it's not like they're that important to the league. This is a player who literally just didn't play last year, and the league had, I, I would imagine, financially one of the best seasons they've ever had. I, I don't understand what just like suspending him for the year, uh, I, and that would be my initial. Then if more information comes out, if people recant or whatever, they can always pivot. I mean, they make up the rules. But why, why would they even get close to like, oh, just give him a four game or even a six game? Right? We've seen guys get huge suspensions, and this one seems like a BP fastball for Raj to be like, hey, 17 games, we'll let them appeal, and if new information comes out, subject to change. But, I mean, that's what I would do. And, and I'm not some, like, I don't care that much about punishments and stuff, but this one seems a little a little egregious, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't know what. I don't know what. Do, do you agree? I mean, why wouldn't you just lean harsh, and then you could always pivot back to Wes? Because he's done no, the I, other I, way before, right? I, I, I agree, but, I mean, for, for Cleveland, they're left with a complete mess. But that's right. their problem. I, I I understand. I just I don't know how that wasn't factor. I don't know how they didn't have have the ability to understand. I, I think a lot of people think they're insane. I mean, they think they're nuts. You know, but their owner is kind of nuts. And this would the only reason this trade happened. Let's face it, is because that that contract. So he's the guy. He's the guy. It's his cash. He he okayed it. I, if you told me, I mean, people that I don't know Stefanski personally, but I know some people that do, and they think very highly of him, just a high-level guy. Obviously, the GM is, you know, well-educated, high character from everything I've heard. I know people that have worked with him. It doesn't seem, not that they wouldn't be interested in the player, because it's clearly an upgrade from what they inherited in Baker, but it does feel a little bit more Jimmy Haslam desperate to be just, especially think about that conference. Lamar Jackson, now Joe Burrow, they'll never be the Steelers, so it's just, Felt a little owner-led. It happens a lot, like in basketball, right? This is kind of what it feels here. It really, really does. Stug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of of, of John Middlecoff. Um, you know, the, the Brady doing the doing now. Right now, Greg Olson set to do the Super Bowl. I think Brady does the Super Bowl if they lose before the Super Bowl. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I saw that. Like, I think during his bye week. Or maybe it's a Thursday night game is like Rams Niners and people out where I live in the Bay Area like could he be in the booth for that? It's like the one thing for Tom, he is kind of a bitter loser. 
So if he did, were to get bounced in the second round or the NFC Championship game, it feels like he goes a little under the radar. That would be my only pushback. Now I know he's getting a lot of money, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. Be, I don't feel as confident as some people do that he'll like. You know, if he were to get bounced in the wild card round, could he do the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl? Like, I'm not saying he wouldn't, but I, I, I'm not expecting that if he does get kind of you know taken out early. You know, this, that... honestly, Doug, it might be his last year, so he he could be devastated that his career ended on a losing note. I mean, he's not. I, I love Tom, but he's he's not the greatest loser. He's not, but also he lost this past year, and I I think you know no matter what you think of the NFC, the likelihood that they come back with with a coaching change with all these other changes and they're back where they were, considering even when they got to the Super Bowl, remember they had to win. They were the wild card, right? They had to win on yeah, the road three all three to, games. But I would say that. I know the I know the Saints feels like beats them every time they play. I just I, I have a harder time with the coaching. That guy was so important to their operation. So if the Saints come back to earth a little bit, their their division sucks. You know Trey Lance is a major question mark. I think the Cowboys come back to earth a little bit. So even if the Eagles are better, their quarterback and we saw what Tampa did to them. So I I think the NFC you know Packers just aren't going to be as good. Um, you think? I mean I. Who knows? I guess they could still win like 11, 12 games. Just I, why why wouldn't they good. be? I mean, I feel like the rest of their team is way better. Obviously, the question They're, is wide receiver. Well, I think from talking to people in the league, just really study like rosters, they just think they're pivoting like they kind of have, but because they've had Devontae, they were still able to sling it so much, pound the ball and play deep like the Niners. But you have Aaron Rodgers who, when you need him, Right, or if he's humming in a given game, you can ride him. But their their philosophy, because in the playoffs they play, you know, it gets freezing cold, and their style doesn't work. So you run the ball, you play defense. They inherited, or I mean, they drafted two guys pretty high in this draft. So their defense actually could be pretty solid, and their two running backs are really good. But I mean, their receiving room is, I would say, a pretty major, major question mark right now. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you on that. Um, okay, this kind of intrigues me. The Carolina Panthers rumored to be interested in Sean Payton. Now, I think we all know Matt Rule is uh, it, it's it's got a win win or go home, and I'm sure part of it is, hey man, they got to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. But I mean, if I'm Carolina, that being out there is not a good thing. And oh yeah, by the way, if you lock in, like if Dallas comes open, he'll be the number one target. He'll be the number one target of anybody who's in the who's in the league if a job comes open. For sure, for sure. I. I... Listen, I mean, I don't – has he has Sean Payton signed to do anything yet? Not that he's not going to, but I don't think it's official. It's not like he's, you know, calling – it's not like he got the Monday night job or something. So every single year, I mean, he's the new John Gruden, but there's actually like tangible success behind his name recently. Uh, I, I think Carolina, talking about Jimmy Haslam, I think David Tepper in like financial circles is, is known as like one of the great – you know, traders of all time on the stock market, his yeah. ownership, like you can't convince me it's gone smoothly, you know, and there's no way that a guy that is that hands on just, and then he pays that much money. It feels like he's screwing everything up and I'm not blaming him for everything. Cause Matt rule, you could say he's a little, been a little underwhelming. I mean, when you hire a college coach to me, who's like a CEO, I mean, look, they inherit these quarterbacks and they trade for these quarterbacks, but he can't really impact them. He's very dependent on his coordinators. He hires Joe Brady, and that kind of felt like all oh, the sexy name, and clearly he had no business being a coordinator when they did. I kind of like McNew. I know he took a lot of crap in New York, but if you look at when he showed up, Eli had one of his best seasons of his career. Maybe McNew's meant to be a coordinator. Might yeah. be able to kind of save rules, just reputation in his job for a couple years. Awesome stuff. John, really appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Doug. See you. All right. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, check out the latest lines in the world of sports. Better Sportsbook. Better Resist the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to know who the Lakers' next head coach will be? I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a valued customer... You deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Let's get to a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, the game is uh, psychic. Psychic? Because I'm, in fact, psychic. Yes, one for one today for Doug Gottlieb. All right, psychic. Who do the Lakers ultimately hire as their next head coach? Various reports saying today that Darvin Ham is a finalist, that Terry Stotts is a finalist, that Kenny Atkinson is a finalist. Who do the Lakers settle on to lead the LeBron James crew? Darvin Ham. Mm. Darvin Ham. I, I think um, when you look at what they had, you usually go the opposite, right? It's generally the case. And you had a guy who had previously had a head coaching job a very well-respected defensive mind who had had success in the Eastern Conference but had run into LeBron James, right? And then, of course, it didn't work out in Orlando as well. Uh, Of the names 
out there, the only guy who's not had a head coaching job before, I believe, is in fact Darvin Ham. And uh, obviously, having been a player, having been in the league as assistant, I think he's a respected dude in general and how he carries himself. Plus, the fact that you're not you're not fighting against the errors of the past. Um, I th- I think that fresh set of eyes and ears and and voice will be welcomed by the Lakers. That, that's what I think they do. Mm. John Ramos is going to go with the turkey instead of ham. Uh, Psychic, does Luka bounce back with a better performance tonight in Game 2 against the Warriors? Um, I think Luka bounces back. I think he has a bigger night. Uh, but I still think the Warriors win. But yes, I mean, like, look, he had 18 in the first half last game. Turned the ball over, they got down big, and they kind of shut it down. Um, I, I, but I, I think they'll get him going in a major way tonight. All right, Psychic, will the Heat-Celtics series go past five games? Right now, tied up at a game apiece. So somebody would have to win the next three. No, this this will go more than five games. All right. Okay. All right, Psychic, will the Orlando Magic trade the first overall pick in the NBA draft after winning it in the lottery this week? Will, wait, what? Was, will the Magic what trade the first overall pick? No. I don't know if there'd be anybody to trade up for, right? You kind of want to. No, I. Th- I mean, like, look, you could, you could definitely see Oklahoma City. They have three picks. If they said, like, look, we want, we want Jabari, or we think that, you know, Paulo may go. It's it's Paulo and Jabari are are one A and one B for the number one pick. Um, and so, you know, if they just decide we don't want to screw with it, or we think Orlando is going to draft the guy we want, we could do that. I, I think that would be the one team that could, that could do it. Um, but the reason it doesn't make sense to trade for the most part for either of those, number one, number two, is both those teams need play. They need a young dude. They just do. They, there's, there's nothing, there's not a player out there that is, should be as valuable as a guy who projects like the number one, number two pick in this year's draft. By the way, how good does Southern Hills look on TV? Like, my goodness. Uh, We're going to transition to golf here, Psychic. Will Tiger Woods only play the four majors this season? Uh, no, I think he'll play something else. Okay. All right. I think, I think he'll play one something else. He's got the uh, U.S. Open in mid-June and then the Open Championship in mid-July. Psychic, will Rory McIlroy pass Phil Mickelson in career majors? Phil has six. Rory right now has four in his career. Will Rory, in your eyes, pass Phil with seven or more? Ooh, that's a great question. Um... I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. Because Phil, the story is how many U.S. Opens, how many runners-up did he did he get in some mm-hmm. of these majors where he's like, man, Phil, if you could just well, – it's supposedly in the new Alan Shipnuck book, there's something about, you know, they, that Hank Haney felt like he couldn't put the reins on the racehorse. He should have won at least 10. Yes. Should have won at least 10. Jason Stewart? Yeah, uh, just in, uh, Phil Mickelson has $100,000 on that bet that uh, Rory <laughs> will pass him. Will pass him. I did the audiobook of Shipnuck's book. <laughs> I did, so I've been listening to it on the way good? in and out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so far Don't so good. I've, I've heard the, anal- the the anecdotes are amazing. They're like, you just can't imagine. Uh, and it, 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 it paints the full story. It's not a negative book. It's not a positive book. It's just like, here's who he is, and there's a lot to it. Psychic, will Brooks Kepka pass Phil Mickelson in career majors? Brooks has four. Phil obviously has six. I do not believe so, no. In, in one part of the book, not to give it entirely away, but Phil like thought he could be like a Major League Baseball player, and he was playing with Tom Candiotti and Jason Kidd on a golf course. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like Phil was talking junk, so they went to like a local high school diamond, and Candiotti was throwing BP to Kidd and Mickelson. And Mickelson was wearing his like golf spikes and golf glove, trying to hit a home run. He said, "Kid went yard like you know nothing else because kid, kid's an athlete." But Phil was trying all of his might to go yard and and uh, and couldn't do so. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, finally, Doug, will Jimmy G be a 49er week one of the NFL season? He will. I, right. uh, he will. He, he was come back from arm surgery. I think they're going to sit on him, one, to see what Trey Lance has, but then, two, wait for somebody else's quarterback to get hurt that needs a guy who can come in and, and play. Jimmy will be that guy. Uh, I, I, I Yes, he will. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. So last night the Celtics turned the tables on the Heat 
Uh, and that game got further and further out of control as it went. How did it happen? I'll explain next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You're on Fox Sports Radio. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 